Today our reading comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, starting with verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For all for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. This morning I want to invite you to witness the wonder of being called deeper by Christ. It starts off this morning with those who are listening to Jesus pressing in. So they were so hungry to hear the words that were coming out of their mouth that they couldn't get close enough. They kept pressing in. It made me wonder, what do we press in over in our lives? What are the things in, in our lives that are, are so important, so urgent that we press in to get a closer look? Is it the news that's going on around us or, or events that are happening in Europe or the economy and inflation or maybe health and well-being? This week I had an opportunity to press into a new small group that my wife Sarah and I joined. To press in into the lives of others. These people this, that day were pressing in to hear the word of God coming out of the word of God. And Jesus called people deeper. Right? We are to celebrate life transformation, a life of joy that savors digging into the word of God. Your time with God's word, it, I, I don't want it to be something that is just a to-do list that you check off. Or something that you feel like you have to put in a certain amount of time. And you do it begrudgingly. It's not a sense of duty or something to accomplish, but, but rather it's a time to press into Jesus, to soak in the word of God, to enjoy your creator and your redeemer speaking to you. Last weekend, uh, we came back a week ago today from our confirmation retreat, and it was funny. I came in unshaven, uh, camp clothes, and people asked me, hey, did you, did you have a weekend off? I'm like, it looks like it, but not really. But spent all weekend with our eighth graders getting ready for confirmation, and it was absolutely a blast. And there was this moment, um, and some of you are in here who are recent confirmands, I know, and, and you remember that time of, of prayer when you deliberate, what is that confirmation verse that you want to carry with you through the rest of your life? Right? And so we had this moment after getting to know the eighth graders better on the trip, uh, to be able to, to speak into their, to their hearts as they're wrestling with what verses do I select and, and knowing their personalities and what they like and, and who they're like and was able to, to share 
God's word with them. And it was so refreshing because in, that, in those moments, the, the eighth graders were pressing in to hear what God had to say to them. Right, which, which those of you who have middle schoolers in your life, you understand that the amount of time they spend pressing in to listen to what you have to say is like, what, what is he even talking about? <laughs> right, because there's eye rolling and, and arms folded and, and walking away and door slamming. That's, that's the love language of, of many middle schoolers. But to press in and to hear the word of God speaking to them. To press in. Right now, when you press into God and you hear from him, sometimes he gives commands that we are to obey, to do what he tells us. You see, our time soaking in God's word is not purely for knowledge, but a call to action for a transformative life, to obey God deeper. And when he had finished speaking, Jesus said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for the catch. There's this, there's this weightlifting phrase that says one more rep. That means all the work that you've done leading up to that moment where you feel like your body is totally fatigued, that one more rep that you push through does so much good for you. When you're aching and tired and strain just a little bit more. Well, Simon, Peter, and James, and John had been fishing all night. They're, they just cleaned their nets. They were ready to go home and spend time with their families. And Jesus says, let's go back out. Let's do one more rep. And with aching hands from the nets and aching muscles from, from straining and fatiguing with those nets all night long, Peter humbly obeys. At your word, Jesus. This doesn't make any sense, any worldly sense. Everybody knows that at, the, at, at this sea, you don't fish during the day. You fish at night. We fished everywhere at night. We're professional fishermen. You're a carpenter. What in the world? But you're the master. At your word, we'll do it. They go deep. Peter declares that he will obey. You see, sometimes Jesus asks us to do things that just don't make sense. To put out into deep water. To do things like love our enemies. To do good to those who hurt you. To be ridiculously generous. To not think too highly of yourself. To not imagine how you practice religion is in any way, shape, or form pleasing to God. To forgive as God has forgiven you. To believe the best about somebody else instead of assuming the worst. See, Christ is calling us all to go deeper, to not just meet God halfway, but to jump in whole hog, no exceptions. It's not easy. But if you have humble obedience, God has the capacity to do amazing things in and through you, in your actions, in your words, in your witness deeper water for jesus that meant leaving the prestige and the polish of the synagogue and going deeper to the seashore or see this is a very odd place for jesus to be preaching let's kind of set a little bit of context for this because we just imagine jesus you know he's preaching the sermon on the mount he's out in the wilderness he's in the synagogues but jesus started his ministry teaching in the synagogues that was normal that was right that was proper. 
and here Jesus goes to one of the most unlikeliest of places, down to the docks, which are a bunch of sailors, a bunch of rough, smelly, stinky, exhausted, crass men. Not who we would picture. But there Jesus is, and, and, and not sitting in the synagogue, but sitting in a boat, and almost a, a God-created amphitheater with his voice bouncing off the water up into the seashore, into the crowd of people. God is preaching to those who have gathered to listen. Now, I'm, I'm not sure that all of us may be comfortable if we put into the deep waters of our culture to let down the nets for a catch. Would we be all that comfortable with what we pulled in? Right, it reminds me of a pastor named Rick Warren out in Orange County in California. He started this ministry called Celebrate Recovery. It was for people who are impacted by addiction. And before he started it, he approached his congregation, a very affluent congregation in Southern California, and he said, I want to fill our church with drug addicts, prostitutes, drug dealers, and felons. And that made some people squirm just a little bit. I think Jesus would do much the same. Right? We, we love to fill our church with CEOs and, and presidents and vice presidents and people of prestige and, and financial capacity and, and influence in the community. Right? We like that. But I think that if we let down the deep waters, if we put the nets of our witness into the deep waters of our community, I think it would look different. What if we started catching more people who are in need? What if we started catching and reaching with the gospel people in the LGBTQ community? What if we started reaching people that don't look and smell and sound like we do? What if we were to be called to the deep water? Then receive these blessings with this humble obedience that comes to going into the deep water to doing what Christ asks, even if it doesn't make sense from a worldly perspective, you can expect to receive incredible blessings. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. I really kind of think Jesus is showing off just a little bit at this moment, right? He doesn't have any depth finder or fish finder. There's nothing like that. He is the creator of the world. He made those fish in that sea. And in that moment, he gathers fish from all over the sea and concentrates them into the area where their nets enclose around. Jesus always supplies an overabundance to the point where nets break, to the point where we cannot hold all of the grace that he pours out. Think of the wedding in Cana, the wine the great, amazing, spectacular, abundant wine that he provided at the end of the party. The food that's given and fed to the 5,000, and there's more collected at the end with leftovers than what they had to start with. God's grace is always supplied in abundance. You cannot outsin God's grace. Don't try, <laughs> but you cannot do it. Jesus always supplies an overabundance. You know, sometimes I think that we have so much abundance in our life that we, that we don't even recognize how good we have it. 
Right? I sit into, in, my, in my kitchen and I look at the floor and I see the grout that's kind of dark and, and crumbling away at some points and I think, man, this is just, this is horrible. I should, I should pull that old grout out. I should, I should re-grout everything. It just looks bad. And completely take for granted the fact that I've got a, a beautiful home that keeps me warm in the two weeks in winter that we have. <laughs> and it keeps me cool the remainder of the time and it keeps me safe and it holds all my worldly things and it's it's home richly blessed richly blessed when the lord gives he is never stingy and sometimes he is pouring out blessings for us for the purpose of us leaving what we have to pursue and follow him for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, for now on you will be catching men. This is a really cool wordplay that Luke uses in Greek that is totally missed in English. Let me, let me share it with you. The other two times that catch is used in Luke's gospel in this chapter, he's talking about catching fish. And it's a, it's a kind of catching fish that we would think about. You catch the fish, you kill the fish, you eat the fish. It's catching for the purpose of killing. It's a different word that Luke uses when he says, you will be catchers of men. It's the same word, but it has the word life, zoe, attached to the front. You will be living catchers. The people that you catch will be caught to life. You will be life bringers to those that you catch. You will bring my life to them. To leave, to follow. Jesus uses this fishing metaphor to illustrate what a life of following after him looks like. Right? A, a life of faith becomes a net that we have that gathers all who come near. That we're called to go trolling into the deep waters of our everyday lives and trust Jesus to bring the catch. And, and in this calling, Jesus fulfills and shows and reveals this new purpose that he has for those who follow after him. Jesus is calling us to follow him in life transformation, this new purpose revealed. This last week, we had, uh, we had a friend come and visit from Michigan. Uh, this is a friend who was a part of our recovery church in, in Michigan, and and when we first saw him, he, he came in and, and he was pretty rough. He was in rough shape, but it was a very, very common story, right? He was just a regular, normal, typical teenager, got injured. And that injury then led to a prescription for opiates. And that led to addiction. And then that led to heroin. And that led to a felony in prison time. So that when he came into our doors for the very first time, he was in rough shape rough and undesirable, many people would say. But there, God called this individual into deeper waters. He showed him who he was, who Jesus was, the life that Jesus brings, the transformative life that happens when you are caught to life by the fishermen of Jesus. And his life began to change. I mean, really change. And when he visited with us this past week, we were sitting around our, our dining room table and he was sharing with us, you know, what, what he was up to and, and the ministries that he was involved with, with, with helping other people through this recovery process. And he said, but you know, I think there's, there's a different, a new calling on my life. So I love Florida. I'm like, you're from Michigan. You should love Florida. 
He's like, but I love fishing in Florida. I want to start a new charter, a fishing charter in Florida that, that helps people encounter Jesus and encounter recovery. I said, I think that sounds like a great idea. You see, my friend is somebody who has been captured and caught to life by Jesus, given a new purpose to follow after him. Amazing things happen when you just humbly say, God, this doesn't make sense, but because you said it, I will go. You are calling me deeper. You are transforming my life into a life of joy. What, it is, what is it that you need to let go of? Right? Do you need to let go of past hurts or guilt? Or, or let go, maybe a little bit, hold lighter the earthly treasures that you have and be, be more extravagantly generous. Timothy Keller has, has said this once, that, that unless your giving has started to cause you a lifestyle change, you haven't made the kingdom of God a priority. You've made your own kingdom a priority. Where is God calling you deeper with service? The time that you spend and invest in somebody else's life. Where is God calling you in your faith? To press in and soak in the word of God. I challenge you all this week. As you go about your, your daily lives, think about the work that you go to, the school that you go to, the, the places that you spend time with friends. Think about that as your deeper water. Don't just go to the deep, but drop the nets. Serve with the hands and feet of God. Speak with the grace of God. Be called into those deep waters. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we praise you that, that you are a God of the catch. But the catch that you send us on isn't for, for death or destruction. The catch is to be caught to life. Bring us to life, God. As you call us to the deep waters of our world, that you would give us a bold but humble obedience. To drop those nets to take the risks and chances, to share your gospel with those around us. We pray this in Jesus' powerful, life-catching name. Amen.